Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and in the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Previously on El Flow. It's one of those kind of moments because I'm like, it's going to be huge. There was something really kind of profound about the idea that a single sample could be so central. Like, look, we can put a thousand songs on this one underlying rhythm. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. El Tumpa Tumpa. Ese dembow, pounder, es lo que define el reggaetón como tal. Es esa pista. Before there was El General or Reggae en Español, there was something else bubbling up to the surface in Puerto Rico. It wasn't big or glamorous, but this sound is one of the key elements of reggaeton. Not only because of the way it sounded, but because of what it was telling us about Puerto Rico in the late 1980s. We're talking about rap en español. Look, there's many ways to tell this story. But I want to tell it by dedicating this episode to one person. Someone who, for me, is one of the artists most responsible for breathing life into the early underground scene that later became reggaeton. I'm talking about Félix Rodríguez, or DJ Negro. To understand DJ Negro, we first have to understand where he comes from. If you've ever been to San Juan, you've probably been to the colonial old city. Back in the 1800s, when Puerto Rico was a Spanish colony, I mean, before it was an American colony, which most Puerto Ricans agree it still is, African slaves were not allowed to live within the walls of the old city. So right outside the gates, next to the cemetery and the slaughterhouse, and facing the Atlantic Ocean, slaves and poor workers built their houses. This neighborhood has always suffered from neglect, but it survived everything throughout the years. We're talking about La Perla. DJ Negro grew up in a section of La Perla that used to be a horse farm and that then was converted into small apartments. They all shared just one bathroom. Just imagine, I lived in La Perla. I saw negative things. 
Many, many bad things happening around me in the neighborhood. La Perla at that time was very tough, very tough. Today's generation knows La Perla from Despacito, but we were there before Despacito. We had to fight with people who came down to start trouble. Like when someone goes into your house and steals from you, you have to defend yourself. So many things happened in La Perla that were traumatizing. I saw people die. I saw people hanged. I saw a lot of drugs right in front of me. Un hermano que vivió lo que fue la, la, la vida and well, fácil de la... I had a brother who lived the easy life of the street. If you really think about it, it's not easy at all because you live through a lot of wars. You have to know how to survive to beat the street. Beating the street without becoming part of it is the challenge that DJ Negro had to overcome. And in La Perla, that means playing by a different set of rules. No sé si entiende lo que son cosas calientes. I don't know if you understand <laughs> what hot goods are. <laughs> cosas calientes eh, para nosotros es something that fell off the truck. <laughs> that fell off the back of a truck. <laughs> pues, ¿qué pasa? Este, pues, mi papá cuando ve, veía que yo Well, what happened? My dad saw that I was messing around with the radio at home, so he waited until some hot goods were brought down to La Perla, and he bought me a speaker and turntables, and that's where the fever began. ¿Cómo le gano a la calle? Pues mira, yo comienzo a ser el DJ del barrio. How did I beat the street? I became the neighborhood DJ. The same guys from La Perla began to hire the boy that was making all that noise in his room. A little birthday here, a little birthday there, a baptism here, a baptism there, all in the same neighborhood. Siempre la música fue, desde el principio, fue un, una alternativa para mi, mi... Music, from the beginning, was always an escape for me from my daily life. You know, music always kept me on the path to where I wanted to go. And that story is written. I made something that today is heard around the world. This is El Flow, a journey to the roots of reggaeton. My name is Lilia Luciano, a CBS News correspondent born and raised in Puerto Rico, the cradle of reggaeton. You're listening to Episode 7, DJ Negro. You know what I find interesting? Trying to figure out how and why stuff happens. Like, how did this person make it to where they are today? It never happens in a vacuum. In the case of DJ Negro, there are three clear moments. Forks in the road, if you will, where DJ Negro was faced with choosing a path. In all three cases, the decision he ended up taking was crucial for him and for the future of reggaeton in Puerto Rico. The first moment occurred in the late 1980s, when he was just starting out as a DJ and was still living with his parents in La Perla. My father was very strict. I arrived at 2 o'clock to give a wedding. My dad was very strict. I came home at two in the morning from DJing at a wedding, and my dad, he always wanted me home by midnight. So what happens? I arrive at two, and we got into an argument. The thing is, he throws me out of the house. I go to Puerto Tierra to a friend's house. A friend of the family called Tony. He lets me stay in his apartment. Well, I figure things out with my dad. ¿Qué pasa? Entre ese tiempo... In the meantime, he had a place and he starts to fix it up. He starts installing speakers and stuff and he hands me the keys and says, Negro, do your disco parties here. You can earn some money. And well, 
One of those nights, I held an open mic competition with a first place prize of $15. At that time, in the late 1980s, hip-hop was starting to make its way down from New York to San Juan. But it still wasn't exactly popular. In fact, DJ Negro, at his parties, was playing house, salsa, and pop music. But the day of the competition, DJ Negro heard something that caught his attention. La primera que estoy escuchando a alguien rapear en español, digo, okay, contra, qué chévere se oye este The chaval, first time I heard someone rap in Spanish. It sounded so cool, especially one of the guys. There was one who sang in English and the other in Spanish. I thought, no, man, I like this one, the one who sings in Spanish. Anyway, they won the $15, $7.50 each. The next day, I found out that he was the brother of a friend of mine. So I went to his house and I told him, let's start a duo, you and me. Because you sound good, but your friend doesn't. I already have a little bit of fame in the neighborhood, but nobody knows your friend. In the streets, Felix was already DJ Negro. And Vicosi, who was from a caserío, or a public housing project, knew that. Yeah, I was already DJ Negro. And I say, let's start a duo, DJ Negro and Vico. Because he didn't have the C yet. They called him Vico at home. Because he still didn't exist. <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DJ Negro and Vigo C recorded their first song on a cassette player with the intention of selling the tapes on the street. But before we go any further, there's a couple of things you have to understand about DJ Negro. He's got an eye for talent, and he's the type of person who hustles his way into anything. Also, he does this thing where he repeats himself several times. Kind of like Jimmy Two Times from Goodfellas, except DJ Negro does it three times. I start to distribute the tapes. I went to all the different drug spots and all the different projects. I used to sell the tapes there because I knew everyone, because I used to DJ in all the projects. So I start selling the tapes one by one, by one, by one, and they begin to run, to run, to run. That relationship between DJ Negro and the dealers began with the mixtapes he made of his favorite music, much in the same way as El General in Panama. Ya esa misma gente me compraba cassette. Entonces, cada vez que yo sacaba algo nuevo... Those same people were buying my tapes already. Every time I put out something new, all I had to do was go there. And then it was me who wound up selling to them. <laughs> Instead of them selling to me, I was selling to them. So the cassettes start to sell really fast. And I call Vico one day and tell him, we're famous in the cars. At that time, if you passed over the Do Hermano Bridge, your song was getting played in the cars and you were hot. You were pegado. Back then, the only thing that was getting played on the bridge were our tapes, our songs. I tell him, Vico, People want to see us live. And just like that, we did our first disco party. And it was totally packed. People were left outside waiting to get in. DJ Negro realized that to take the next step, they needed to get on a bigger stage. At the time, Jorge Oquendo ran a small business promoting the concerts of New York's hip-hop artists in Puerto Rico. So one day, I was sitting in my office and my secretary tells me, Leo, there's this guy that wants to talk to you. His name is Felix, you know, he, he really he wants to talk to you. Okendo was in the middle of organizing the final details of a public enemy concert. And Felix, DJ Negro, wanted to open the show. So I tell him, listen, uh, I'm going to have to get this approved, so I need you to bring me a demo. So he brought me the next day, and I listened to it, and I liked it a lot. And they ended up opening it up, the concert. They did really well. Everybody loved them. And... Uh, That's when I told my partner, we should record this. And that eventually came out as uh, La Recta Final de DJ Negro y Vico C. When we were on our way to record that album, we were missing a song. And Vico was in the backseat laughing and writing and writing, writing. We get to the studio and he says, Negro, check this out. 
Then he sings. Era una tarde nublada. Los adornos de Halloween donde quiera estaban yo esperando ese día por meses. El famoso... Hoy es viernes 13. Today Entonces... is Friday the 13th. <laughs> That's how the song Friday the 13th was born. Remember that Vico, if you listen to Vico's early songs, all of Vico's lyrics were about stories. Stories, stories, stories. With hits like Viernes 13 and La Recta Final, Vico C and DJ Negro put rap en español on the map. I can tell you from personal experience, it was a bomb. Like, bomba para fincar. You know what? If you know, you know. Vico C wasn't the first to rap in Spanish, but he was the best. Because his lyrics were universal. They were speaking to everybody. He was touching on topics about what was happening in the caserios and the projects, like drug use and violence, but he was also talking on a wider plane about capitalism and inequality. That's why for us, he will always be el filósofo, the philosopher. Because he and DJ Negro started doing more shows and even toured outside of Puerto Rico. It was one of those trips in the Dominican Republic that spelled the beginning of the end for DJ Negro and Bicosi. Bico rented a motorcycle. Unfortunately, he fell off of it. In the movie, they blame me. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. But that wasn't how everything really happened. <laughs> he broke his leg really bad. They treated him in the Dominican Republic, and then the, he, he got a bacteria. And when he came to PR, he, the bacteria, it got complicated, and they had to cut the bone where the two parts joined, and they had to, like, cut a little bit where the rotten part, and they put a little spacer so the bone could grow back and make a, a clean fix. I know it probably was Biko's fault. You know, they were kids. They were kids. So we were all young and, you know, shit happens. The accident was a before and after moment in Vicosi's career. The pain in his leg was so intense that for a while, Vico could only perform sitting in a chair. He was given painkillers, but that ended up leading to an addiction to heroin. Well, it was pretty rough on him, you know, as it would be on any kind of Again, young guy, especially him, that he was becoming so big and he got really depressed. And I uh, had to convince him to that he could keep going, you know, that he didn't have to stop. The relationship between DJ Negro and Vicosi soured. They had released their second album, Misión La Cima, under Jorge Oquendo's Prime Records. But when it came time to release their third album, the rift was undeniable. ¿Qué pasa? Llega el tercer disco. What's wrong? The third album, Hispanic Soul, comes out, and I'm not on the cover. Now, it's just Vico C. Ahora es solo Vico C, pero yo trabajé en ese disco. Now it's just Vico C. I worked on that album, and all of a sudden, I'm not on the album anymore. They took me out without telling me. Yeah, that was tough. But remember that I, I told you earlier that Negro is not a musician. And that I told you also that we knew that we couldn't just keep going sampling things. So we started hiring musicians. They were in business together. So Vico was claiming that Y Negro should participate on the album if he didn't work on the album. And he had a point. 
And that's when I talk to Negro. No, no, no. Oyeme. Primero que nada, me, me frustro porque... Hey, listen. I was frustrated because it was my idea to go to the label. I take him to the studio, and they sign us as a duo, not as individuals. On top of everything, I was fucked because I was broke. I used to spend every penny. Y yo, pues, man, yo siempre he tenido... But I've always had the courage to find my way back, by any means. And I had a hot dog cart at the time. So I said to myself, I'm going to sell hot dogs. Yes, hot dogs on the beach. En Condado, en Condado. En la playita allí al lado del... In El Condado, on the beach, and next to the Dos Hermanos Bridge. People saw me and said, that's DJ Negro. That's DJ Negro selling hot dogs. My songs were radio hits, but I was selling hot dogs. DJ Negro could feel the stares and the ridicule, and it felt like crap. But he tried to shrug it off like he always did, with a laugh. No, yo me lo vacilaba, porque yo lo que hacía era... I tried to have fun with it. If anybody wanted a picture with me, I would first sell them a hot dog. <laughs> and until they bought the hot dog, there was no photo, nothing. While selling hot dogs, DJ Negro brewed about what he would do the next time he was given a shot. He got his chance soon enough when the owner of Joseph Cafe hired him to DJ at his struggling club. He started spinning on Friday and Saturday nights, and before long, he had the place bumping, packed to the brim. And here we have DJ Negro's third and final lesson. Empezamos a tocar allí, el sitio se llena, se llena. Y un día llego a trabajar y dice, nos mudamos. We started playing and the place fills up, fills up, fills up. But one day I get to work and there's a sign that says, we moved. And I go, what do you mean we moved? If I'm the DJ and they haven't told me anything. When I go to the place where they moved, they had a new DJ, new sound system, a new nightclub. Nice place, luxurious. And when I ask why they didn't tell me about the move, well, he then tells me, Negro, you charge us a lot. And if you want to keep working with us, we'll pay you 50 pesos. $50. What? $50 after I filled the place for you? And here's a lesson for everyone. Revenge is a powerful motivator. Ese fue el primer día que me propuse abrir un negocio That day, para... I set out to open a business to fuck them. I was going to fuck them all. So I found the place, and I opened the noise. Boom! The guy didn't last a month. On the next episode of El Flow, DJ Negro opens The Noise, and the underground goes crazy. El Flow is a production of Exile Content Studio in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. The show is hosted by me, Lilia Luciano, and was created and produced by Vitenis Di Julis. Production and sound design by Dixo. Additional production by David Quiñones. Original music by Truco. Production supervision by Álvaro Céspedes. Executive producers for XL Content Studio are Nando Vila, Isaac Lee, and Alejandro Uribe. Executive producers for iHeartMedia are Connell Byrne and Giselle Bances. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Wow. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.